Welcome to the Studio 2501 podcast. Studio 2501 is home to conversations about mental health and wellness and is located inside HopeNet in Wichita, Kansas. You're listening to the Seven Mountains of Influence, hosted by JoLynn Bright. Each mountain was shaken by the coronavirus pandemic of 2020. This week, we're discussing the mountain of religion and spirituality. Do you remember that day? And I said, you know what? We're doing this new series, and I think we should do something around worship. And we're here. And we're here. We're here. And I'm just um, going to do a little lead-in about, like, what in the world this is about. You say, Seven Mountains? Like, what are you talking about? And like I said in the email, when I was driving down the street one day, me and Miss Hope, and I was headed to a training, and it was us trying to decide whether or not even here, what are we doing? We're hitting, hearing all the news. Should we go home? Should we not go home? Or whatever. And I said, we're just going to hang in there. And then I just said, Hope, I said, every one of the mountains has been shaken. Every mountain. And I said, I don't know how many mountains there are. I think there's five or seven or something like that. And then when we got back, I said, wow. Let's take a look at this. And so when we think about the seven mountains of influence, seven mountains of society, sometimes people call it the seven pillars. But when you just think about it, it's like what holds up our lives and for any society to run? So the seven are religion and spirituality, family, education, which you could really speak into also, Um, government and politics, business and economy, media, and then arts and entertainment. So even when you just think about that, yeah, I I go to the movies, but I didn't get to go to the movies, you know, that's arts and entertainment. Every mountain seemed to have been shaken. And so today I thought we'd just put on a different spin, like I talked about, to say you're where you've been plopped into a mountain or on the mountain is around religion, spirituality, but I thought a good way to talk about that is just worshiping, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, around worship. And so first, just to get started, like, what, tell, tell us about you. Tell us about Abigail Bryant. Yes, so I've been walking in the footsteps of a pastor, but I just recently was ordained yesterday. Uh-uh, congratulations. So I am Pastor Abigail Bryant now. And uh, the founding father of Mindy Place, Pastor Dion Gates, ordained me, as well as my husband coming around me as well. Mm -hmm. So I am a worship pastor for Mindy Place Ministries. Mm -hmm. I am also a K-5 through music educator for USB 259, and I wear a couple of other hats, but those are two of my main ones. And one of the biggest ones is being a mom and a wife. Yes, that beautiful little boy. Thank you. <laughs> I think he's 18 months old now. 18 months, going on 18 years. Ruling the world. Thinks he knows it all. <laughs> yes, he's a thorn in my flesh. Just, you know, I have, there's things God is working out in me, showing me that I need to come in and, and get rid of some things, and God is using him to do that for sure. Is he showing himself as being musical? Right Very now? musical. In what way? In the ways of uh, watching maybe Luca or Coco for the 50 millionth time. Okay. And singing lyrics, mm. humming songs, keeping steady beats, um, percussion all over the house, using pots and pans. <laughs> I tell him no, he says yes, and he just goes off and does his own thing, hums, and he is, God has created him beautifully. That is definitely wow. our gift. Our gift. Wow. That's really great. 
before there ever was a husband or a baby. Mm. Tell tell me about like where you're from. How in the world did you wind up in Wichita, America? That's good. And so I am a a British woman by birth. Okay. I don't have dual citizenship though. I gave that up a long time ago. Uh, My parents were military, so I was born in Upper Hayward, England. Okay. I moved uh, to Louisiana, Bossier City, Louisiana, when I was one years old. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, I was raised and my dad received a job offer here in Kansas. Okay. And so we moved over here. Yes. And we spent the remaining period. I met my husband here. (laughs) Okay. My family is originally from Taos, New Mexico. So we spend time going out and seeing them. And now that uh, my husband and I have settled roots here, Mm -hmm. my parents have left us to go to Oklahoma. And so it's my husband and I and my son. Okay. Here in Wichita. Wow. So um, you, um, your church family is probably really glad and blessed that you're at Mending Place. So what what has that been like to be in charge of worship there? You come in looking one way, okay. thinking that you, you have a good hand on something. Mm-hmm. And then God shows you how much you really need him. Um, wow. I was a hot mess. I went into Mending Place uh, very authoritative, mm. uh, thinking that leadership and authority were the same thing, but they were completely different. Okay. So I, I came in uh, being a, a an authority figure up on okay. the platform, and God did a complete overhaul on my heart. I came in thinking that as a woman, I needed to prove myself in the arena of worship pastors. And as I came in, I realized that I was missing the key component of what this was all about. And that was really Mm. having relationships with God's people. Okay. You know what? Um, I I think I love that. I don't know if it's most about you, but I can always get the real deal. And that's real transparent to be able to say that, that I came in one way and it it was a mess. And I've been transformed. And you're still there. It's not like I had to get transformed somewhere else because they put me out. That's, that's so good. That's so good. Oh. So when, when did you first discover that you were a worshiper? I remember that I had given my life over to Christ when I was in high school. I went off to Florida for a, um, a church camp. Hmm. And I encountered what I thought was the Holy Spirit, but in actuality, now looking back, I realized that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he would never make me doing any, you know, do anything. So maybe the experience that I had wasn't as holy driven as I thought it was, Holy Spirit driven. But uh, now looking back, it was just a, a foundation, an addition to what my father had try to bring me up as Hmm. and um, growing up I I remember going to church when I was a little girl but it stopped at that and this you know the seeds were laid Uh, the foundation was there but it wasn't until I went to college and I had met a gentleman who was the worship pastor for Central Community Church okay he invited me to come and to me it was just another platform I was like great this is another opportunity Mm -hmm. to play my guitar in front of people Um, little did I know I had to be completely immersed in my relationship with God 
to stay connected to the source. Mm -hmm. So I was there practically Monday through Sunday, uh, volunteering my time until I started teaching at Symphony Music and I had an encounter with Pastor Dion Gates. Oh, wow. And I was teaching his son guitar lessons. Mm -hmm. And I remember him telling me that they needed a worship leader for their church that maybe started with, at the max, 15 people. And right there, my, my life completely changed. You're talking about being in the right place at the right time. And the thing is, just doing what you were supposed to be doing is like, I had no clue he was going to come in, bring his son, and they need a worship pastor. That's it. Wow. And so they need a worship pastor, and you say? I said, I believe God's calling me to do this. Okay. And so when I went into pastoring for Mending Place, I had a lot of uh, sinful nature in me that still wanted to go do things. (laughs) I still wanted to go to the clubs. I still wanted to play my guitar in bars and do all these things. And pastor laid down a firm foundation And he said, my standards are going to be pretty high. So this is what I'm going to need you to do. Mm -hmm. I need you to give up that stuff if you're going to come, you know, work for Mending Place. And what was that like (laughs) to even hear that? It's silly looking back because now, you know, my relationship with God is completely different. And I would have given it up 50 fold if I if I had to. But that for me was me laying something down to pick what God had in store for me up. And I would have never been able to do that if I had too many distractions and barriers towards my relationship with God. So pastor was the right fit at that moment. Okay. And we both know the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. I met my husband there, and now we have a son, and we're doing life. Wow. (laughs) That's all I can say is like, wow. Um, Talking about being transformed. And when I just even think about your story right now, what you just said, And I invited you in to say, hey, Abigail, I need you to look at the last 18 plus months. And of course, we would know when we listen to this 20 years from now, like, oh, there was a a pandemic, you know, like across the world. And so it affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So even when you think about being transformed, um, talk to me about this part of this 18 months I mean this you know and maybe even longer than that what how has that impacted you personally and then we'll get into what did you see around worship okay that's good I didn't realize it until well maybe even until up until this point that I've I've served in reps in, in the area of just pain tolerance for such a long time Mm. and I've been through some challenges some trials tribulations if you want to say the hills and the valleys that brought me to this point of saying I this is another trial that I can get through because I've already seen what restoration looks like oh wow I've already seen what it looks like um to have a worship-filled attitude I've seen what it looks like to see a God who's still sovereign still on the throne I see what it looks like to have a God come in and redeem a situation that looked unlikely and to be able to use that and to really grab a hold around people that I wasn't even in contact with, but still kept me afloat mentally and and my mental health where it needed to be and having people pray for me. Um, That's what, that's what I went through for the past 18 months because, you know, we were talking about creativity. 
you know, and I believe that there's so many things that, so many different ways our mind wants to go in the midst of COVID. But I remember God keeping right. my sanity. I was still clothed and in my right mind through this all. Have you ever been down that road before? Have you ever experienced a pandemic before? Never. 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 And, and watch this. Okay, don't get, don't get me worked up, okay? <laughs> because I keep on saying to people, we have never been down this way before never and so did if i said abigail guess what a pandemic's coming and how are you going to respond what's going to go on i mean what what surprises came up for you what you know just steady things like that you discovered about yourself yeah. tell me you know as you're speaking the the bible verse that comes up he's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path mm -hmm. it shows me that i don't know so far into the future to mess things up mm -hmm. but then i also believe that god allows us to go through some things to be able to show us some things about ourselves and what i realized that every time i went through something um during the through the pandemic i just remember god showing the areas that i needed people in showing the areas that I tried to maybe do too much on my own strength, mm -hmm. that he really needed me to be submissive and to really gain and, and hone in on the strengths of other people around me. So I, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, it's, just, it's the same thing. It's, it's the same thing, but a different tactic. It's a different move. And, and okay. I'm surprised that we're still surprised about stuff like this. You know? Can you say that again? It, it's the same thing, just a different tactic. Yeah. And I'm just surprised that we're surprised how things just unfold and how the enemy still uses certain things to pull us far away from God. I am trying right now to restrain myself from saying, wow, because um, they're going to listen to this and say, let's count how many times Jolyn said, wow. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just feeling just, wow, I, I, I. I just knew when I came to the table with various people, and I haven't heard your story before. I haven't heard like what's been what happened with you, and so I that's the word that comes. So I got to come up with something new. But I am really um, interested in each person's story, and so your story looks different from everybody else's story. Um, but I think that you have a word for us about let's stop being surprised. Good. There's nothing new. I hope what people aren't getting as they hear this is that Abby went through this and she didn't hurt oh. or she wasn't in pain or she wasn't fearful or, you know, that's that. Yes, we're, we're all flesh. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm still man. I'm, I'm still I still have fears. But one thing that I held on to and it's funny because it may have happened a couple of days later after I went through something yeah. that I had to remind myself that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, right. but a power, love, and a sound mind. And it's that sound mind that had to keep me going in the midst of this all. Mm -hmm. I had to ask myself, who's my inner circle to keep me grounded and to know that That's I don't need to act crazy? That's good. Did, That's, you, did you find them? I did. I did. And I did have a core group of people that, you know, I can't even count on two hands. I, I could count it on one hand that I know I could have gone to and said, I need you to tell me I'm not crazy right mm -hmm. now. Or I need you to keep me grounded. Or I need you to give me biblical principles that I can follow right now. Because the way I'm walking in my feelings isn't necessarily how God wants me to respond in this situation. There was a time that I went to a hairdresser in the midst of all this. Wow. Yes, a hairdresser. Yes, I went out <laughs> yeah. in the midst of COVID. 
to a hairdresser at its all-time high just to get a phone call back that she had COVID. I fell to my knees okay. because my first response was, what about my son? What about my son? The mom's heart. The mom's yes, thinking. He has, he has health conditions. And so, or what, you know, what are gonna, people are going to say, you know? Uh, and it's just, it was tough because I made a decision that it could have potentially affected my whole family. But guess what? God was still in the midst of that, too. I love that you broke that out, too, because some people may be saying, man, good for Abigail. Um, she had it easy. And for you to be transparent again to say, no, there were times when I was afraid. There were people that I needed to call on to say, be a support to me. I need you. And it leads right into what HopeNet is usually focused on. We try to stay in our lane about mental health and mental wellness. And this past um, couple of months, I've been walking our staff through the eight dimensions of wellness because I always try to figure out, somebody please define mental wellness for me, unless I'm gonna make up my own here. And I probably could, but I really grabbed a hold of what SAMHSA had put out about the eight dimensions of wellness, and that's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. I've been following them for years um, in my career, but the eight dimensions are emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, environmental, financial, occupational, and social. And I keep hearing you say stuff about, I needed to find this network of people that would support me. And the emotional part of that wellness piece is the ability to cope effectively with life and build satisfying relationships. Mm. Okay, are you with me? Okay, and so you, you don't even know that I'm thinking about this and you're just like putting flesh on it. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I also went and grabbed uh, mentalhealth.gov. They talk about mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. And then think about this because you said something about your mind, okay? It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others and make choices. So <laughs> when you made that choice to go get your little bouffant done, yes. okay, you had no clue that you were gonna get a call that said, hey, you know that thing that's going around? No clue. Yeah, no clue. And so how, when we think about you first and foremost, and you have heard me talk about mental health, mental wellness, how I think, act, okay? Um, how I feel, the choices I've made. What, what's been the impact for you, good, bad, and indifferent? Because a lot of times when I say impact, people will start saying, oh, well, it hasn't been all bad. Okay, I know. What was good, bad, or indifferent in regards to the mental health arena? Having a, a child grow up in, the, in COVID. Yeah has been a huge mental strain on me. Mm. In, what, in what way? Um, having, having a child grow up, period, but then him having health issues and feeling the weight and the burden of not bringing something that could potentially uh, be harmful, you know, even to the point of death, of just carrying that with me, of, of thinking I could bring something home to him that's incurable for someone his, his size. Okay. And so 
I have that constantly going through. My husband, who, who works with um, the homeless here in Wichita, I constantly had a battle against uh, being angry, secretly angry at him, you know, because he was constantly around people and thinking that I just didn't want us to be reckless with it because of our son. Okay. And so there was a lot of just inner turmoil and, and just torment of thinking, this is a lot on my mind right now. And, and it, it wasn't just him. It was school-related, too. Right. Because not only do I have a child of my own, I was responsible for 300 and something plus students as a K-5 music educator. Yeah. And then not only that, I was responsible for a worship team that I was around all the time and that we needed to be in close proximity. And so the responsibility of this, of COVID, it was, it was a lot it was a lot. And you, you just didn't want to be that one. There was such a shame spiral with uh, associated with COVID that, you know, at the very height of it, okay. in, in the beginning of people saying, you know, how shame on this person for going out and doing something, you know, that maybe they could have done without or shame on this person for still going to church or shame on this person for doing X, Y, Z and potentially bringing it home and not only home, but spreading it to their family. And, you know, and it was just I didn't see my parents for a whole year and a half, two years because they were in their home and I didn't right. want to be that person. So, yes, there's mental health associated with that. But I'm going to tell you that. The Tell plus me. side of this okay. was I was allowed to see some things in me that I would have never seen if I didn't encounter COVID. You get ready to preach right I now, aren't you? I never saw myself as such a creative person within COVID. So reliant on God, so reliant on my community, so reliant on my inner circle, my inner people, being able to offer advice and be able to be there to speak to people from a per How many people would actually go out and say that they had COVID? And, and own up to it. Nobody wanted to Nobody. say that, but have gone through it myself. Right. We ended up catching COVID. And it was my responsibility to be responsible with that information as a, as a, a worship pastor, too. Yeah. To be able to, yeah, to feed people, you know, positive information as well. So the thing is, like, even that part about your worship team and feeling this, I wrote this down, the responsibility of COVID, that you felt this weight. And so in that, where you've been placed, where you've been called on that mountain, you weren't called on the mountain of arts and entertainment. You were called on the mountain of politics. You were called on this mountain of being a worshiper and leading them. So how did you care for your team? I was heartbroken when I started mending place with me and my guitar. And I had to go back from a full team to just me and my guitar. Okay. It brought me back to the beginning and there was a sense of humility that came along with it. You know what else I found out? That I didn't appreciate my team as much as I should have. So when I came back and we all started slowly integrating back into the church, mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you that my heart and, and compassion and ability to be grateful came out every single time I saw them. I was a new worship leader. That's good, Abigail. I was, I, was, it, I was somebody who they wanted to be around. And so it completely transformed the way I treated that team. Did you and, just cheat? Did you just see no, me I write down? I, as you came out, I, I was writing, transformed. <laughs> yes, but it, the transformation was real. 
would I say that I wouldn't want COVID to have happened? Who wouldn't say that? But I'm in addition to, to what I, I've already said, I'm so glad it did. Who says that in the midst of a storm? I'm so glad it happened. Hmm. That's, that's blowing my mind a little bit. Like, I'm glad it happened. And we're, look, at, look at this. We're sitting here at this table right now, breathing in these microphones, words coming out. And outside, there is still a pandemic going on. It, it's not, we're not done with it. We're just walking through it. And I hear you saying, I'm glad it happened. Because I wouldn't have seen the humility needed. I wouldn't have appreciated my fellow worshipers that are helping me to lead. That may not have happened. So thank God. Amen. And I do feel a little selfish in saying that as much as I received from this, I feel selfish in saying it because of everything that other people had experienced. Mm. You know, and you're right. I didn't, I, I've never received uh, what it was like to feel the loss of somebody through this pandemic. Okay. But there's things that I was able to lose and give up um, to restore my spiritual health to where it needed to be. So... I do, there is a selfishness in that of saying that I'm glad that I had gone through this, but I think everybody's better for it on, from me. Okay. I, I'm, I think everybody who, who's in contact with me is better for it. Say that again. Everybody who, what? Is it, it, it encounters <laughs> me, is in contact with me, is better for this. Okay. But you know what the cool thing is that goes up a whole nother level is that when God reigns and rules in our lives, their encounter is not necessarily with Abigail. Their encounter is with him. Whoa. So anyone who steps into your presence has a unique opportunity to have a divine encounter with their maker. And I see it. I see how he's been using me in this situation. I, in this, this has been an opportune time for me to be able to share the love of Christ in such a practical way. I think people need to see Jesus differently. And it's not uh, throwing scripture at them, but really the, mm -hmm. being applicable about it, right? Okay. Being able to, to show people in a way that, that is tangible, and people who are far from them and be able to lead them close to, to Christ is, is my responsibility. And I believe that God has been using my, my sanity in this mm -hmm. to help others regain control of their emotional responses. So, Abigail, I'm just going to borrow this one for you. We need to put this on a t-shirt or something. I'm going to give you tangible Jesus. Mm, I like that. <laughs> Isn't that it's good? Fifteen dollars. Maybe we make it twenty out of it. <laughs> we make it twenty. <laughs> this is a, an interesting question um, that I asked the staff throughout um, the the stay at home order because when we went home on March the 18th, 
Um, we were doing a lot of things, and so when in my weekly supervision, I started asking questions, and I started calling them the quarantine question, and so we would always start out supervision that way. And one day, the question was this, what song has the Spirit been singing to you, mm. or what song is your soul singing right now? And it was amazing, all the songs. So I'm going to ask you that quarantine question is, what, what song was your soul singing the most throughout the last 18 months? There's a song called The Story I'll Tell by Maverick City. And the chorus says, um, my God did not fail. This is the story I'll tell. I know that it is well. My God did not fail. And mm -hmm. there's situations that you don't know the end to. Yeah. Just to remind yourself that my God did not fail. You know you need to sing a little bit of that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. My God did not fail. Let's see how it goes. Singing, oh, oh, my God did not fail. Singing, oh, oh, it's the story I'll tell Singing, oh, oh, I know it is well. Singing, oh, oh, it's the story I'll tell you. Yes. I had eyes closed, and um, that question I even started with is, when did you first know that you were a worshiper? And you just led me. <laughs> and I hope many of the people who are listening to us, they should have given us some tissue for this room <laughs> today, um, that we know what's going on outside still, and we're still walking through this trusting our creator and the lover of our souls. And just for this brief moment, um, you have led us into a worshipful place. Thank you for staying on the mountain, even when it got shaken a little bit. But yet, when it all settles, we'll still find you on that mountain. Thank you so much. We just want to thank Abigail Bryant for being with us and sharing her story and giving us a divine encounter with the tangible Jesus. Bless you. Bless you. Thanks for listening to Studio 2501, conversations about mental health and wellness. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Visit us online at hopenetwichita.org or on social media at hopenetwichita. Also, we'd like to extend a special thank you to Hoydale for sponsoring Studio 2501. You can find Studio 2501 wherever you find your podcasts.